Hey, what's up? This is Jason from Centerpoint Church in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We're so excited to spend some time with you today. We hope that this message inspires you and makes you continue living life on purpose and for a purpose. Let's jump right into the message. Families of the men and women who gave their life for this country, I, I saw someone say that uh, a few men and women gave their lives for many, but Jesus gave his life for all. And greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And so if you have any um, family members who have died in combat or in armed services of any kind, we honor you. We thank you for them. Yep. And we are grateful to live in the greatest nation in the world where we have religious freedom. We don't take that for granted. So let me tell you what's going to happen today. I'm very excited about this. We have three men who are very influential in this church, who serve this place so well, and they're going to be bringing you many sermons today. You're going to hear from Jeremy, Adam, and Ken. These are three guys that are here all the time when you're not here faithfully serving this place. They've also, they're also three men who I believe have a calling of God on their life, and we've been meeting this week, and I believe that they have anointed messages from, from the Lord for you, and uh, I am excited. At minimum, the preaching is, are you really starting that again? Really? Really? Mitzi, will you take that wrapper from her, please? Three men who are going to be bringing you messages today. We give glory to God, but I think we can very much honor men and women that God is using in amazing ways. So the very first person that's going to be, be sharing with you today is the man who faithfully leads us in worship every single week. He's a man after God's own heart. Uh, I literally am so thankful that I get to serve him and that he's here serving you guys. So would you help me bring Jeremy the Loach up to the pulpit? Come on. Thank you, Jason, for so many, so many things. I must start off real quick. Um, right before we started, Grant came along here with the offering bucket, and I really thought that was for me to get sick in. I'm not going to lie. But I tell you, I'm so, actually so excited to be standing up here today, and um, it feels super awkward to be up here without a mic stand and a guitar, but um, it's really, really cool. So I'm going to get started. Today I'm going to be talking about um, Courage. And sometimes what it takes to stand out, you know, now God's calling everyone to stand out before him. It's in, it's in, it's in big size, it's, it's in little size. But I'm going to start with a little story that uh, maybe it wasn't my first opportunity to be courageous, but it was an opportunity. And we'll see what you think if I did it or not. But it was many, many years ago, I would say probably around early 2000s. So I was uh, roommates with my brother at the time. And most of you know my brother's a police officer here in Goodlettsville. And he was uh, head of security at the Piccadilly Apartments. And um, <clears throat> so one weekend, he had to go out of town. And uh, he's like, hey, man, I'm going to need you to cover for me this weekend. I'm like, I get to wear the badge. Okay, bring it on. So he handed me the key, the master key. I was the key master of over 600 apartments at Piccadilly. It was pretty amazing for that one weekend. I had the power and a piece of metal. It was pretty spectacular. He said, probably anything won't happen, but if it does, just call the police department. They'll come out here and help you out. And I was like, no problem. So that weekend, I went, I think I was at a wedding, and I get a page. Remember pagers back then? I had a pager. That's right. So I pull it up, and it's, sure enough, it's got the police department. I'm like, oh, yeah, 
This is my time to shine for the Goodlessville PD. So I made the call, and they said, yeah, we have a situation at your apartments. Uh, we need you to come help us out. I'm like, okay, they need they need me to bring my key and everything. So, I mean, I'm sitting there. Let me tell you, I roll up in my F-150 truck jamming. They knew I was coming, bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? Now I can't stop it, but let me tell you, I get out there, there's like six police officers, and they said, hey, this is serious, we got a situation, we need your help. I'm like, okay, no problem. Just go up to the door. I need you to knock on the door, and when they come to the door, say Piccadilly Security. Easy enough, so I knock on the door, nobody comes. Did it again, knock on the door, nobody comes up. All of a sudden, there's a police officer out by the window that says, hey, we got movement. When he says we got movement, I immediately, I had movement with inside my body. I crunched up. I was like, oh, my goodness. This is, this is legit. They said, Jeremy, we need, this is serious. So what we need you to do is we need you to put the key in the door, open the door, say Piccadilly Security, then we'll take over. I'm like, okay. So you got this protection. You got weapons of mass destruction on your hip. I've got a pager <laughs> and a key. But nonetheless, I'm up there. I stick the key in. I turned the door, or turned the handle, opened the door, and I did what they said. I said, Piccadilly Security! I want you to know right then I squealed like a pig. My courageous level just, I mean it. It was like a, not squeal like a pig, but squeal like a stuck pig. Thanks for the facial expression, Adam. But have you ever, yeah, that's exactly right. Have you ever been in a situation, though, where it was time for you to be courageous and you didn't know what to do? And that kind of leads me to what we're going to talk about today. So I've got my Fab Five. This is maybe be my starting lineup. There's many, many, many people throughout the Bible that have taken major, major leaps of faith in God and have the awesome courage that they have. We're going to talk about Moses, David, Esther, Daniel, and Peter. That's my starting five. So everybody knows what Moses did. Courage to lead his people. David, of course, courage to face the giant. Esther, because of her courageous act, the whole nation was saved. Daniel, I love Daniel, the courage to not give in. When they said he couldn't pray, he still was on his knee praying. And Peter, the courage to actually come and preach before the very people that had a hand in Jesus' death. But with a starting team, with an amazing football team, or whatever it is, there's always your second string, your alternates, whatever it is. And that's what I want to talk about today. So my alternate is Jeremiah. Now, I'm not sure if you know the story of Jeremiah, but Jeremiah was called to be one of God's spokesmen. He was a prophet. Now, Jeremiah, <clears throat> what's sad is that he was pretty much rejected by the whole entire human race. But that's where we're going to start today. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah, the uh, first book. We're going to turn to chapter 1 and verses 4 through 8. And this is where we're going to spend just a little bit of time this morning. So starting at verse 4. This is the Lord. He says, the Lord gave me this message. He says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Jeremiah responds, oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. Let's stop right there for a second. How many times have we said that? Oh, I can't do that. Maybe young is not an age, but maybe an age in maturity. We've actually been talking about that. How many times have we actually just taken a step back? Oh, no, wait. I'm not equipped to do that. Verse 7, it says, The Lord replied, Don't say I'm too young, for you must go whenever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And right here, this is, this is, the, this is where it's at. Verse 8, And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you 
and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. So God called him to be a spokesman, and Jeremiah knew the job was too much for him. He was scared to death, but Jeremiah was faithful. The fact, the fact that everybody declined him, he was deported out of Egypt. Many, many things. He was still, still faithful. See, in the eyes of the world, Jeremiah was not a success. And that may be where you're at. Maybe you're not a huge success. You're on the billboards all over. But in God's eyes, Jeremiah was probably the most successful person in all of history. And it's because of his faithfulness to stand and to do what he was called to do from the very get-go. Let's go back to verse 5. And we talk about this in center point several times, but in verse 5 it says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. See right there. He's talking about us too. Before you were even conceived, before you were even born, God had a plan for each and every single one of us. It's kind of like the, think about courage, the cowardly lion from Wizard of Oz. You see, he was, he was like, I have no courage. But within, he had it the whole time. You're born with that. You're born with that. Um, God may not, uh, actually, let me jump back. We talk about this, I've said it before, that right there, we say it all the time, you are made on purpose for a purpose. Let's say that together, made on purpose for a purpose. Say it. Made on purpose. That's so true. That's so true. God may not be asking you to fight giants. He may not be asking you to lead people across the Red Sea. He may not be asking you to, to, to help save, you know, uh, like an Esther, to help save a whole nation. Maybe he's asking you to, to look to the person to your right or to the left and just say, hey, man, I'm praying for you. What can I do for you? Maybe he's asking you to go out just a little bit further and knock on your neighbor's door. Hey, I just want to let you know. I want to let you know I've been praying for you. I want to invite you to our church. What level could it be? You have no idea. It's the simple, simple things. I'll tell you, acts of courageousness. Is that a word, courageousness? Well, it is now. Last week, just a small step of Grant and Allison right here. Just be encouraged, courageous to be baptized in the name of the Son of the Father. Our pastor Jason last year looked his wife in the eye and he said, we're accepting God's call and we're moving to Hendersonville, Tennessee. Being, have that courage. And I think right now we should give it up for Jason and Stacy. They're absolutely amazing. I'll close with this. There's a story of a football player. His name is Phil Dawson. He's, uh, I think he ended up retiring with the Cleveland Browns in the NFL. But um, in like the mid-90s, he uh, was a freshman at the University of Texas. As, an, as a freshman, he did a, a fantastic job, and he got all these accolades and honors. And one of them, he, uh, he won the uh, Playboy Magazine's preseason All-American team. He's like, you know, this is, where, this is where having that background is awesome. He just took a stand. He goes, you know what? Thank you, but no thanks. He turned all of it down, all the fame, all the glory. I think there were some big old prize packages and all this stuff. He turned it down because of his faith. He took a step. Now, he received some kickback. His teammates were like, mm, man, what are you doing? The media jumped a hold of it. He's like, you know what? I have a greater purpose than to do that. 
It's a small step. He received a lot of kickback. Over the next 10 or so years, many, many athletes from college to baseball <clears throat> received the same honors, and they rejected it because of Phil's courage he took to step out. One small act of courage can affect the world. You see, God did then for Jeremiah and Phil what he continues to do for us now. And that's extraordinary things through the ordinary lives of anyone that's willing to step up and be courageous. Let's pray. God, we love you. We praise your name. And God, I just ask that each and every one of us, we just take that firm stand to have courage and know that you're on our side. Because you are. God, thank you. Thank you again for this opportunity. And all of God's people said, Amen, amen. It's my honor. Yep, it's my honor here. Ken Stutler, ladies and gentlemen. Well, happy Memorial Day. I just wanted to take a minute and reiterate uh, my gratitude to those of you who, who have served or have family members who've served. And, and while our military does a fantastic job protecting us from physical uh, physical battles and, and fighting the physical battles, uh, today, today we remember those things. Uh, but we, they do a great job keeping physically safe, but we still battle a spiritual battle. And that's what I want to talk about today. So today, we, while we're remembering all of the physical battles that people have fought for us and died for this country, I want to take a moment and, and go over to the spiritual side. So if you were in combat, wouldn't it be a little bit more comforting to have like a Kevlar vest, feel a little bit more protected? Or what about an armored vehicle? A little bit more protection there. Now, now I really would want to be in a tank. I, I think I would look really good coming in the church parking lot in a tank on a Sunday morning. I think that would be a really good look. I, I would feel a lot safer in a tank than I would in just a t-shirt. Now, now, those things are great for physical battles, but what about spiritual battles? The ones we can't see, but we all deal with on a daily basis. Things that cause us to, to, to have doubt, maybe deny Jesus to, to doubt his truth, to participate and practice in sin, to align ourselves with, with things that are dark, to, to even stop the spread of the gospel. Spiritual warfare can do all of that. It can even destroy a church, can cause disunity, can even bring the demise of an individual believer. So Ephesians 6 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So here Ephesians 6 is saying that there's not just physical battles, but there's also spiritual forces that are attacking us. These things that whisper in our ear and give us those doubts. Now, the Bible doesn't have Kevlar vests, but it does have something, something uh, called the shield of faith. So verse 16, take up the shield of faith. Now, the first thing that comes to mind when you think of a shield, uh, nowadays anyway, is Captain America's shield. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm a bit of a nerd, and, and I really love comics. And Captain America is, is one of the best. And Captain America's shield is is what you think of when you think of a shield, especially with the new Winter Soldier series. If anyone's seen it, it's really good. Captain America's shield is, is, some, is like the main part of it. So that's what we think of when we think of a shield. 
Unfortunately, they did not have vibranium in the Bible, but they did have, they did have shields. So Paul is describing a shield here like the Roman soldiers would have used. Their shield would have been about two and a half feet wide by four foot tall. Now, this shield would have been covered in leather. It would have been soaked in water. It had metal edges to keep the leather from fraying. And before it had the leather put on, it would have been, it would have been charred. Now, why would they have done all this stuff? Now, go back to verse 16. It says, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So, flaming arrow we're talking about. We see in movies, they kind of dip the arrow in flames and they shoot it, sticks to the shield and just kind of slowly burns and doesn't really catch fire. Well, that's not the kind of arrows that they would have been dealing with. These arrows would have had hollow tubes that were full of like, almost like lighter fluid. And that when they hit the shield, they would have exploded and the fluid would have gone all over the soldier, would have gone all over the shield and burned them alive on the battlefield. Not a very pleasant experience. So what they would do is they would soak the shield in water before each battle. So when those arrows did hit the shield, the flame would be put out. So Paul is, Paul is tying this analogy of, of the shield that the Romans would have used and giving us a spiritual version of that. So the shield, not only for the Roman soldiers, would have been for protection, but it would also have been a badge of courage. It, on the shield, it would have had an ornate logo, it would have had the, had the military's insignia, and it was held in high esteem. And when a soldier would pass away on the battlefield, oftentimes they would be carried home on the shield itself. So the shield is our badge of honor. The shield of faith is our badge of honor. So for both, it's, it's used for both protection and it's our badge. Our faith is what identifies us as believers. It's what sets us apart. And without our faith, we can't, can't succeed. Faith is absolutely essential for our victory in the spiritual battle. Without, without faith, we can't win. So I was actually talking to someone a, a few months ago, and they were an unbeliever. And in the conversation, we started talking about things that were going on in the world, things, things that are, are very depressing, things, the world's not great. And they were really stressing themselves out about it. And it was really depressing to hear their point of view because they, they were literally making themselves sick thinking about things going on in the world. And when I was explaining to her what faith was, she just couldn't get her head around the fact that, uh, uh, about what it was. See, we don't have to be like that where we're worried about the future. She was struggling with anxiety over things she can't control, but we don't have to be like that because, because we have the shield. Because we have this shield. And when you have the shield, you want to use the shield. Captain America doesn't sit there and hold it. He actually throws it. He uses the shield, utilizes it, protects himself. So how do we use the shield? We have to use the promises that God has lined up for us in Scripture. Here's some examples. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. Psalm 56.3, that's a promise. When flaming arrows are coming at you, when you doubt whether God's going to forgive you of your sin, when you have doubts if you're forgiven, when those... When Satan whispers in your ear, I, I'm, I've sinned too much, God will never forgive me. Those are Satan, that's Satan whispering in your ear. That's the flaming air coming at you. But use the shield of faith 
And listen to God's promise in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, God's promises are full, are all throughout Scripture. When you fear the unknown, when you fear you don't know what's going to come, Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So when Satan is throwing these arrows at you, launching these arrows at you, and they're whispering in your ear, and they're, 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 they're bringing you down, when you have those doubts, when you're being attacked, use the shield of faith, because when you trust in God, it quenches those fiery darts. When you trust God, it quenches those fiery darts. Now, we all have faith. Even the person that, was that, that I was talking to, that unbeliever, she had faith. But her faith was in something bad. And when you have faith in something that's bad, that's called fear. So when you have faith in something that's bad, that's called fear. But biblical faith is trusting God that he'll provide a good outcome. Going back to Captain America, as you can tell, I really love comics. If you haven't seen Avengers Infinity War or Endgame, I'm so sorry, but it's been like two years and I'm going to spoil it for you. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, Captain America witnessed the loss of half of every form of life in the universe. And he could have easily given up and just succumbed to the fear and just been depressed. And yeah, it was sad, but he didn't give up. He didn't let it consume him. He had faith and pursued that one in 14,605. Yes, I know the number because I'm that nerdy. He pursued that one in 14,605 and that possibility that they would succeed. Instead of looking for a future with fear, he looked to it with faith that it would be better and that they would all come back. So how do we, how do we live like Captain America? <laughs> or how do, how do we carry that shield? Well, don't do it alone. The Roman soldiers would lock shields with one another. So when those fiery, fiery darts come, they would all be locked together. It'd be like a, it would be like a tank. They would have courage. We just heard, heard about courage from Jeremy. They ha you have to have courage when you're facing these things got to think on things that are eternal. Hebrews 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So think on the things that you can't see. Got to pray. That's one of the most important things is to pray. And we're about ready to hear from, about obedience from, from Adam. We got to obey. When it says fear, when it talks about all these things, fear not. Isaiah 41, fear not for I'm with you. We, we need to obey that. So when we, when we live life, when we, when we put the money in the offering plate, when we raise our kids, when we go to work, the way we live our life, you carry that shield of faith with you. When I was a kid, every day on the way to school, my mom would, would go through the Lord's Prayer and we'd put on the armor of salvation. She, we'd go through the Lord's Prayer and then she would start praying and, and I would try to pray along thinking that was part of it and it was not. But... Uh, we would put on the armor of salvation every day before we went to school. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shoes of peace, sword of the spirit, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and shield of faith. And take that with you when you go into work, when, you, when, you living those, when you're going through things that are really tough. 
when, when, when things are, 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 are not good, when you've lost a loved one, you don't know what the next day is going to be like, when you're dealing with anxiety, when you're dealing with stress, when you're dealing with things that come just part of life, use the shield of faith. And the simple solution is to look to Christ and to hold up that shield of faith and to trust in the promises that Christ has promised us. So hold up that shield of faith and trust in the promises that Christ has offered, promised us. Thank you. Adam, oh, sorry. Here's Adam coming up. Thank you. Good morning. How is everybody? I'm sweating from every pore of my body. Golly. I want to say that I didn't want to do this. Some young man over there in a red jumpsuit signed me up for this shtick. And here I am. I said shtick. So I, I studied many topics, went through three or four. I was going to talk about prayer. I was going to talk about how myself and a few friends of mine were going through this book called Draw a Circle and how it's changing our lives right now. But I just couldn't get it right. So a few days ago, I was talking to my wife, and we were having our morning Bible studies, and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no clue. This guy signed me up for this, and I have no clue what I'm going to talk about. So we started uh, studying the Jericho story. Does everybody know the Jericho story? Okay. Thank you. Overwhelming applause. Thank you. So we studied the Jericho story. And I'm going to, in my own way, tell you what God told Joshua to tell his armies to go to Jericho. So can you imagine this? Picture it, Jericho, Bible times. Waiting for laughter. <laughs> Can you imagine Joshua standing in front of all these armies of Israelites saying, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to go down to Jericho and for the first six days what we're going to do is we're going to march all around the city we ain't going to say nothing. But on the seventh day, we're going to walk around seven times. And at the end of the seventh time, we're going to yell. We're going to blow our trumpets. And those walls are going to fall to the ground. I mean, can you imagine that? What would you be thinking? I'm like, this guy's a nutcase. Why are we doing this for? But God promised the city of Jericho to the Israelites. And because of Joshua's strict obedience and faith in God, the Lord had given them the city that he had promised him. Now, I'm going to move forward, and I'm going to go back to Jericho. All right? So we're going to start in Mark chapter 10. My wife's laughing at me. I know I am. 
We're going to go to Mark chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse 46. So follow me here. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, you know, it's kind of like his entourage, disciples and a bunch of people, they're following him out. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. So all these people that were following Jesus, and even the disciples, they're like, whoa, Jesus is coming through. You don't, you don't, you don't need to yell. You just, just sit there. It's okay. All right, whatever. Okay. But he cried out more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. Jesus stood still. How many times have you ever cried out aloud? cried out in need and you never thought he was listening. But every time you call him, he stands still. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do? For you. The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Now, I've told you two stories of the two same places of Jericho. You may be thinking, what do they have in common? Honestly, the, Jer the Jericho stories have absolutely nothing in common at all. So I sat down the other day, and I, and I, I love the message of both these stories. I really did. But I was like, what, why am I even telling these stories? What's it got to do with anything that I want to tell people? And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. I sat down and I really, I heard God say, these stories are about you. This is my Jericho. What I'm doing right now is my Jericho. And I had to break those walls down to do it. I've never spoke in front of anyone. I've never led a message in front of anyone. And when Jason asked me to do it, I went through every excuse I could in my mind that I didn't want to do it. I can't do it. I'm not qualified to do it. I'm not called to do it. 
So I had to get loud just like the blind man did. I had to ask God, why? Why am I doing this? Why was I asked? And I heard God say, through your obedience, your faith will make you whole. And maybe if you get loud and follow his will, maybe you can help give someone else a sight through your obedience. So, what's your Jericho? Is it a job that you've had for years that maybe you know it's time to move on and go somewhere else? Maybe it's, maybe you're called to move somewhere else in this country and you don't know anybody, but you know you're supposed to be there. Maybe you've been at a church for years and you're comfy and you move somewhere where you don't know anybody and you're not sure if it's going to work. Are you bold enough to be obedient to God? Are you bold to get loud? That way he can ask you what he can do for you. Are you bold enough to get loud and circle your Jericho till the walls come down? Let's pray. God, we come to you today. We thank you. We thank you for these men that's on this stage. Lord God, I thank you for Pastor Jason and everything he means to us and everything he means to this church. Lord, I love this church. I love the people in this church, God. God, I ask you to be with us as we go our way. I ask you to, to tune an ear to those that need to hear what we, needed to, what we said today, God. Lord, and be with the men on this stage who, who studied your word to prepare for this day and this day only. And God, I ask you that, that we may be and be obedient in your will, Lord. That we love you, God, and we, we ask that you be with us as we go our separate ways, God. And everything I ask, amen. Amen. Did you enjoy the word these guys had? Come on. You can do better than that. Come on. Come on. Come on. Go ahead. We can honor these guys. If God spoke to you in any way during the course of this message, we want to hear about it. Reach out to us at centerpointtn.com. You can partner with us. You can send us a message. We'd love to connect with you.